0: something huge
1: we're at a crossroads and the future is completely within our control we're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time this is the time for us to just really take charge
0: that's what revolutions do they enable the impossible
1: darren thanks for coming on the growth show uh we're here live at inbound you just gave your your talk And uh, I thought it'd be fun to have you on uh, to talk about that. But first, let's just do a little quick background on yourself. So um, people know you as the guy from ProBlogger, but what is ProBlogger? Talk about how long you guys have been around and how big you've grown this thing.
0: Sure. So I started blogging in 2002, but that was a personal blog and... Any, any and every topic you could think of, um, one of which was the topic of blogging and yeah. um, how to make money from blogging was probably the, the first thing that I started to talk about. Did, in terms did of people
1: know what blogging was back in 2002 or were you like the guy that was doing blogging and nobody was really sure?
0: That Probably the when you told people you were a blogger back in 2002, the first question was always, you're a blobber, you're, what is this thing? So that was probably the, the question, and it took, particularly in Australia, it probably took three or four years to get over that question, and yeah. then it, it kind of went on to, well, how do you make money from it? And, yeah. and that's really where ProBlogger emerged, is, you know, how do you monetize it? How do you use it um, to build a, a business around?
1: So uh, talk about how, how much you, you've grown since back in 2002.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, I have Pro Blogger, and then I also have another blog, Digital Photography School. And between the two of them, there's around 5 million visitors per month um, across the two of them. So it's grown way beyond what I ever imagined it would. Um, and then we run events and we sell e and a whole heap of other things have come off the back of the blogs as well.
1: So this is a loaded question, but if you had to boil down a couple of things and you could say here, so you went from nobody to five million people a month that are paying attention to what you're doing are there a couple things that you can say this is definitely why we've been able to grow i mean a lot of times I ask people this question, they're like, well, we had great people, we had a great team, but yeah, there wasn't like specific tactical stuff that helped them grow. What, what was it for you, you think?
0: Yeah, look, I think there's there's a whole heap of things. Um, one, I think we're stuck at it for a long time, is, is definitely part of it, longevity, uh, and consistency in that as well. we publish published posts uh, every day for 13 years. I've, I've published a, at least one blog post, and I think that consistency is a big part of it. And then the o- other part of it, I guess, is every... Right from the start, I tried to write blog posts that change people in some way and change their lives. I love what Seth Godin talked about last yeah, night in yeah. his keynote about, you know, you, you, you're trying to change people in some way. And, and he, th-
1: he's also somebody who has still found time to blog every single day. That's right. What is that for you? Is it just, um, like Fred, Fred Wilson, who's a VC blogger, he does a great job of saying, like, I'm going to write every day even if I only have time to write two short paragraphs, I'm gonna blog, like, what's your, for the people that are listening that, that wanna publish more content, um, how do you manage to do it every day?
0: Well, I think you've just gotta set aside the time to do it. Um, it certainly does help when you get into the rhythm, it becomes just a normal part of your day, and yeah. so I know in my mornings, I'm almost itching to write something because I've just, it's part of who I am, so. Do you, do you
1: keep a backlog of, of posts? Like, if you're, if you're walking around here today and you think of a topic, was well, that something you'll, you'll write down, and that might be tomorrow's blog post, or you might have one for tomorrow, and this is for later in the week? Yeah, or? we're
0: usually planning a bit further ahead, So, but definitely. I've I got, guess it would be hard
1: to blog every day if you had to think that day what you are going to write.
0: <laughs> exactly. I've, got, I've now employed editors to kind of drive that and tell me what they want me to write at times, but uh, I've got, definitely got an Evernote notebook, which is full of yeah. ideas and half-finished half thoughts that I could turn so, into posts.
1: So consistency was key, sticking at it every day. Um, what else? Any more tactical things like that you can really think back to? Um,
0: I think getting in touch with your reader. Um, and um, we've, we've got a series of surveys that we run with our readers which help us to understand their demographics and, and everything, but also unearths their problems and needs. So I think if you can really tune into who you're trying to serve and understand who they are, but then really tap into giving them a way to tell you what they need and yeah. what they want...
1: And that's such an easy thing to do that I think a lot of people miss is like just, it's nothing fancy. You're just sending out a survey and you don't even need a fancy tool. You can just send them a Google form or, you know, use SurveyMonkey or something. That's such an easy thing to do. And
0: And we've built it into our rhythm. So we have an autoresponder that just goes out and after three months of signing up to our newsletter, you get invited to do the survey. So we build the relationship first and then they feel like they can contribute something. And they've seen the other articles that we've written already by then and know the kind of stuff that we are able to write for them. Alright,
1: so let's, let's get into the reason I want to have you on. You're, you're here at Inbound. Um, you gave a talk this morning um, all about serendipitous success. Yeah. You called it The Seven Habits of Lucky People. And uh, I saw that title and was interested because usually you read posts like that and it's like, The Seven Habits of Successful People. Yeah. But luck doesn't seem like something you can actually control. So um, where'd this topic come from?
0: It really came from my own journey. I I started blogging in 2002 because a friend sent me an email that I could quite easily have ignored. and, And yet something in it made me a little bit curious enough to start a blog that very day. And so I often, I guess, look back on that sliding door moment and think, what if I hadn't seen the email? What if I hadn't received it? in 2002 what if I got it in 2012 Um, and there's been all these serendipitous moments these happy accidents along the way that I felt very lucky and I've also noticed in a lot of other entrepreneurial stories like the ones we've all heard of as well as little ones that there's lucky moments that seem to happen particularly at the start of the journey so um, I've always been fascinated by what part does luck play in it and yet is it pure chance or is there something else behind it that some people are more lucky than others because of the way they live their yeah. life? And I guess that's the the hypothesis that I came yeah, up so, with. Yeah,
1: so let's, I want to dive into some of those seven things because I think when you actually read through them and then you think about the great entrepreneurs that you might know, you're like, this does kind of resonate. This yeah. is things that they're always doing. And, and um, so the first one is that uh, always learning. You know, this is one of sure. the seven things. Just, what's, what's your take on that? Just kind of always you know figuring out the latest stuff out there just you know always worrying about educating yourself and
0: yeah i think a lot of the people I'm thinking of don't have degrees or they haven't even done gone to university or college but they always reading Um, They're listening to podcasts, they're going to conferences, they've got mentors and sometimes they've got three or four mentors for different areas of their life, they're part of mastermind groups and they're the kind of people that while you're having a conversation with them they just pepper you with question after question, it's almost like they don't even know they're doing it but they're just, they're magnets for knowledge and I think that really positions them well for lucky things to happen because um, it actually... I guess it's preparation for luck. And I I use the quote from Seneca, the Roman philosopher, um, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And I think when you are prepared with knowledge, you're more likely to be able to make lucky guesses. You're more likely to be able to see opportunities and anomalies around you and and to be able to join dots that haven't been joined together before. Right. And then they're also fascinated
1: with problems. So a lot of people the, the normal person might just be like, Oh, that's a sticky situation, I don't want to deal with but yeah. you know, I look at you here we're at here here at HubSpot, Brian and Darmesh for example, those guys, you know, they they from day one love, love dealing with the, the stuff that nobody else wanted to deal with. Like why does that why does that help you with luck?
0: Yeah, look, I think if you are the type of person who embraces the problem and sees the problem as a signal to a solution, then um, you're much more likely to um, be in, in the space where good things can happen. Um, and it's kind of feels a bit wrong in some ways because a problem is a bad thing, but it actually is a signal to a solution. And so, um, you know, that was my second one, and that builds upon it. Going to the third habit, which is curiosity, and, and curiosity is the way that um, the lucky entrepreneur sort of tackles a problem. They actually yeah. start to pull it apart. It's kind of like a, a cat playing with a ball of wool. They tease it, they unravel it gently, um, and it almost—it's just a playful act. And so, asking questions—you know, what if we did this? What if we did that? That—it's kind of a hypothesizing about the solutions. Yeah. Or, or,
1: like, that even plays in the first one really well. Like, uh, you know, being super curious and always learning kind of yeah.
0: kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, and if you've got that basis of knowledge, you kind of have the lead to how the, how the solution may be. So, yeah.
1: So I, I don't want to go through all seven, but the other one I wanted to get your opinion on is um, they experiment a lot. Mm. And this is something that, you know through things like the lean startup, you know, we've started to hear more and more, but I think, you know, now we're starting to see those those things applied to even more traditional businesses, not just software. Sure. Um, why is experimenting so important?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, if you don't experiment, the rubber never hits the road, and it just remains an idea. If you've got a hypothesis and you don't test it, then... Yeah. Well, what's,
1: what's, what's, what's the, the best point? way to think about that, though? So, like, if I'm listening and I'm and I'm running a business and we've always done things in a very traditional way, mm. how do you start to experiment more? Is it... Let's break off 25% of our time to focus on to try new experiments. Like, what's the best way to tackle that? Well, look,
0: I mean, in my business, my, most of my experiments happen on social media, and that's free. It's easy. It takes a minute to put it a the What do you do you just ask, ask a question? If, if I get an idea, it usually comes to me when I'm lying in bed or when I'm in the shower. So I get out of the shower, I get out <laughs> of bed, and I tweet something just to test it and see what comes back. And it's really about paying attention to what, what lights up yourself but what yeah. lights up other people as well. And if you, if you create space to watch for those kind of sparks that come back at you, then they're the things to keep paying attention to. All right.
1: Uh, this is a question that we ask a lot of people. This is The Growth Show. What What's one of the things that people get wrong with growth or the biggest misconception about growth that you've run into?
0: Yeah, look, I think... I think, I mean, this kind of picks up on what I was talking about in, in the talk as well. I think the big things often start as little things. And so a lot of people, when I come to a conference like this, say, what's your next big thing? But I think if you're paying attention more to the little things that could grow, that's the that's the place to be focused. You, you
1: might not know what the next big thing is yet. You, to to the point of experimenting, you're testing a bunch of different things. Exactly. Because you're hoping one of those things wins and...
0: That's right. And and certainly that's been the case for me. I've had 30 blogs in the last 13 years. I've got two today. So I, I experimented with 30 different things. 28 didn't work. That's not a very good success <laughs> right. rate. But if I had not really tried a whole heap of stuff, I would never be at a point where I could say I've grown something.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, Darren, thank you for doing this. Where can uh, people find you out there on the Internet?
0: Yeah, best place probably is to go to problogger.com, and that's got... All the different things, the podcast and the the blog. And how long how long
1: have you been doing podcasts? Let's talk about podcasts for six second. weeks. Yeah, yeah. You I'm like it?
0: Very new to it, and I love it. Yeah, um, f- public speaking is probably my first love in communication. Yeah. So there's an element of that as well. But I also like the fact that you can just talk it. You don't have to go back and edit it. I mean, right. you edit the podcast, but you don't change. Well, you the can.
1: Content. It's like you can get the most like you can get the NPR quality production value if yeah. you want to spend a ton of time. Or it can just be you and I talking, and then 10 minutes later, I edit it and upload it, and that's what you get. Yeah,
0: I love the fact that, um, yeah, for me, I mean, I probably put more time into the preparation than the actual delivery of it, and then someone else handles the editing, which right. is kind of nice. Right.
1: So how do you, How have you thought, it so you think the podcast is just kind of a complement to your existing content? Are there different topics that you're talking about, or is it just the audio version of you being you on your blog?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of it is almost repurposed blog posts with me. more personal um, anecdotes and stories in the midst of it as well
1: cool Um, thanks man appreciate you doing it Thank thank you awesome